Hello, dear listeners. This is Heather Regan, and I welcome you back to Soul Speaks Radio. This is our second edition of the Socialite Spotlight, and I began this part of Soul Speaks Radio because I wanted others' voices besides just my own to be heard, and I have so many incredible sisters and partners in just my life and in uh, my spiritual entrepreneurship journey that I wanted to be featured. And so having said that, without further ado, today I am so excited and so honored to have with me the most amazing socialite, Amber Hargett. She is, oh, it's going to make me cry. Amber is so dear and special to me. She is a sister, not just a friend. And uh, aside from that, Amber is a rock star intuitive life coach for highly sensitive women. Being highly sensitive is Amber's superpower. She is also an amazing inspirational speaker. And everything that comes out of her mouth will just rock your world. So having said that, hi, my love, my Amber. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to be the second socialite on Soul Speaks Radio and to spend this time with me. Of course. I'm so excited to be here. Now you've got me tearing up already. <laughs> we just started. <laughs> it's, what, it's what we do. We cry together. It is what we do. <laughs> it's, what, it's what we do. So I just want to explain to the listeners who may be new to Soul Speaks Radio, to myself, to you, um, what exactly Soul Speaks are so that they understand why this podcast is very different than you're going to hear from others. Many other podcasts are scripted and planned and they send a list of questions they're going to ask beforehand and you're able to come up with your answers. And this is the complete opposite. Soul Speaks is literally what it is. Uh, the name implies it is my soul speaking. It is Amber's soul speaking. And the way it came about is um, I had my third child earlier this year, and I was a little depressed because writing and speaking is my passion and part of my purpose. And having a newborn, I was unable to write and speak the way I would like. So one day as I was uh walking with Quinn, I just picked up the recorder on my iPhone and just began talking into it and did a reflection, a spoken blog. And it just came out. And in the middle of that, I said, God said, this is going to be called Soul Speaks. And from there, I just started doing more and more. And every time my soul had something it wanted to say, I would pick up my phone at the time I didn't have my nice Yeti microphone and my soul would speak. And so uh, now I'm I'm asking Amber to allow her soul to speak. So just so you know, this is completely unedited. There's going to be no editing of this. It's completely unscripted. She's not been given any questions. I have no knowledge of what she's going to say. This is just us showing up for you in our raw, authentic truth, which is what we do best and what we are trying to let everybody else know is the most beautiful way to live, right? So having said that, my dear Amber, 
this is your time to allow your soul to speak. So I'm just going to ask your beautiful soul what it would like to say today. Yeah, thank you. You're um, welcome. So, you know, it's 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 interesting to me that um, you know, getting this opportunity to to come here and just kind of speak my authentic truth, and that's been a real um, theme for me throughout my life um, of sort of not using my voice and and not speaking up. And of course, now as I'm stepping into more of a role of a coach and a leader, I am needing to use my voice more and more. And and I'm becoming much more empowered and speaking much more freely. And as I has seen the more that I step up and speak my truth, the more that I allow others to do the same. And so even though sometimes it's still scary to do it, I, I remind myself that, you know, when I stand in my authenticity and, and my vulnerability, that that is shining a light on the path for others. And and so I really, I, I really value every opportunity that I get to do this. And, and in particular, I feel, you know, my mission and, um, what has sort of become my passion and my purpose is to empower highly sensitive people. And that's just really what I'm all about right now. And I think that this theme of using your voice and standing in your truth is really pertinent to that because so many people who are sensitive and people who are empaths um, have stifled themselves or been stifled by, by our society for so long. And so, you know, I think that they get, very easily disconnected uh, from their truth. I know that I did. And I really, you know, it's so important to me to educate the world about sensitivity and the importance of sensitivity, but also to help empower sensitive souls that, you know, they don't have to hide who they are, that, that it actually is, that it actually is a gift. And, and this is a journey that it took me a long, long time to learn myself and to be perfectly honest that I'm still working on as I, as I teach others, I'm teaching myself, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) We teach what we need to learn. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Your sensitivity, obviously I'm really sensitive because I'm going to (laughs) cry. Your sensitivity is so beautiful to me. Like, it is, uh, you know, I go a lot in my life intuitively by feelings. Your sensitivity is so soft. It's like a soft pillow that I just want to lay my head on. Um, It's so comforting and safe and absolutely beautiful. I'm so sweet. No, <laughs> it's you. so true. I'm, I'm completely messing up my makeup. It took me, it took me three hours to do. Um, but it's it's so beautiful, Amber. And you're right. It we grow up. We grow up born perfect, born speaking our truth, and then or we're born that way. And then as we grow, the world, the ego. Whatever it is, the people that raise us that don't know any different because we're not born to perfect angels. We're born to earth humanoids. Um, But, you know, we get disconnected from that. And so we get shut down and we're taught that vulnerability is not okay. So to be highly sensitive is to, and when you speak your truth as a highly sensitive, you are all the time walking in vulnerability. So how brave you are. Thank you. Yeah. 
to grow through that and to make your sensitivity your superpower. Well, and I think that it is, I think it is really important, crucial almost right, right now um, in our world for sensitive people to be empowered because we need them. We really need them yes. more yes. now than ever, I yes. feel. Yes. And, and, you know, and the more that we, as, as sensitive beings, the more that we hide who we truly are. And, and that's not, you know, I'm not saying that of course, in a judgmental way, because you do, you're, that's what you're taught. I mean, you don't know any better. And, but, but when we are hiding who we truly are, then, you know, we're robbing the world of that light of that gift yes, because it yes. truly is a gift. And it's, you know, um, like when you were just saying, when you were explaining how you felt about my sensitivity, totally. And here I go showing up again. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, when I was a child, nobody ever said anything like that to me. I never heard that feedback. It was always, why are you so sensitive? Why are you so dramatic? Why are you so emotional? You know, the, the feedback from the world, and yes. this is what a lot of sensitive people experience, is that, you know, um, there's something wrong with you or that sensitivity makes you weak yes. and yes. that you should toughen up. And, mm -hmm. you know, why are you feeling so much? And so you sort of, or at least in my case, I grew up feeling like, well, there must be something wrong with me. And what ended up happening is that I was doing everything in my power to disconnect from my feelings. Because when I had these big feelings, that brought shame to me yes. because yes. it made me connect to that part of yes. me that felt there was something wrong with me. There's that word. Right? Yep. Shame. Yeah. And, and you know, um, only 20% of the population has the highly sensitive gene, has the genetic mm. trait. And so, you know, 80% of the population doesn't have this extra sensitive, you know, thing that we have. And so it's not that it's their fault. It's not that, you know, um, it's, I think it's, it's more about, this is why I'm really passionate about educating and educating people about sensitivity at both people who are sensitive and people who aren't yes. because it is extremely damaging to grow up as a child that way Yes, to be told those things is so, so damaging. It is. And then if you never learn in adulthood and never hear the beautiful things like what you just said to me, then some people go through their whole lives feeling this feeling that, you know, they're wrong or they're bad when really they have this beautiful gift. Yes. And it just breaks my heart to think about all of these people who who may live a whole lifetime feeling that way and, and not being able to use and express this gift. I completely agree, Amber. It's very sad. I grew up the same way and that I was a very feeling, sensitive, empathic, emotional child. And I, if I was told to suck it up one time, I was told to suck it up 20 times. I mean, I love my parents, but, you know, my dad especially, I don't blame him because he was taught to suck it up. He right. was taught that crying is weakness and, you know, that sensitivity was was bad. And I still get that sometimes. Um, what it led me into was the feeling of never being enough or never being good enough or that I was somehow fundamentally flawed, yes. which then by the time I was 16 led into harsh dieting and for me and control uh, because I couldn't control my emotions, according to everyone else. So I was going to, gosh darn, and control food and my weight and um, led to bulimia and depression and anxiety and all of these things that um, I was 
really self uh, using these self-defeating behaviors to punish myself because everyone else had taught me that I should. So having said that, if you are able to talk about it and be vulnerable now, you've mentioned growing up, being taught that being sensitive was not okay. As you internalized that as a little girl, I think for me, it was it was around eight years old. We've discussed this before. Eight years old was the, for whatever reason, as a little girl, that was the year that something snapped in me and I realized I was very flawed. That was the year I went on my first diet. And it breaks my heart having a nine-year-old little child, child, to think of myself even younger than that, thinking I was flawed and putting myself in, in on a restricted diet. How did it manifest in your life as a child that when you felt you were wrong and not okay, how did you um, internalize that and what ended up happening for you? Yeah. Um, and, and thank you for, for sharing your story. And, and I, you know, mine is, is somewhat similar in that as a young child, I, I definitely felt that, you know, I was different. I didn't, I didn't feel like my friends at school understood me. I didn't feel like my parents understood me. And so of course, you know, when we're children, we, we don't want to make anyone else wrong. And we automatically put it on ourselves, especially if what is being reflected back to you is that everybody around you is different. Yes. And then you're, well, it must be me that has the problem. It must be me that's wrong. And, and so you take, I mean, any child in that situation would feel that way, but then you take a highly sensitive child who feels that way. So we feel things extra. We feel things much deeper. So we are putting such a weight and a burden on ourselves. And, and not only are we, you know, feeling the shame and, and feeling like there's something wrong with us. But as highly sensitive people and children, you're picking up on everybody else's emotions too. Yep. So when your parent is frustrated with you, and again, this is so about no judgment, you know, but when they're frustrated because their child's crying and they don't understand why, because they're not connecting to the feelings that, that their child is. And they're saying, why are you crying so much? You know, uh, suck it up, right? Mm-hmm. Suck it up. You are not only feeling the sh- your own shame, but you're feeling their frustration. Yes, that amplifies your shame, and so it it is very in- it's a very intense experience as a child. It, 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 it was for me, and and I think you would feel the same. Yes, and, and so I. I also became very self-punishing at a young age, uh, super perfectionistic at, at a young age, you know, and I also had a rather chaotic home. And so I put it on myself that, you know, it was my job to sort of fix the family because that's another part of being sensitive is when you can tap into and, and really feel the emotions of the people around you, you that it automatically makes you want to help yeah. because you don't want to see the people that you love suffer. You don't want to see anyone suffer. You know, you feel, you feel their suffering. And so you, you want to fix it. You know, you want to do whatever you can to help out. So I was this eight year old girl who felt that I had to fix myself. I had to fix my family. You know, there was something wrong with me they were, they were unhappy. And I felt that was somehow my fault. And that, you know, so it's, it's an immense weight. An immense weight. And then what we do as similar to you is that as I got older, I would try to disconnect from my feelings in any way possible. Because when I had big feelings, mm-hmm. people did not like that. Yep. And so I 
was really mean to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I became, everything was about, I had to get straight A's and I had to do everything perfect. And my room had to be perfectly clean. And again, similar to you, when I, for me, it was when I graduated from college is when my eating disorder showed up. And, you know, it was because when I was in school, there was a clear set of rules for me to follow, right? You get straight A's and that's a gold star, you know? But when I graduated from school, all of a sudden, you know, I was out of the house. So I wasn't right there with my family, with the chaos. I didn't have this clear set of rules anymore. So I made a set of rules for myself. And, you know, I became deeply uh, anorexic and bulimic for years, years, a long time. I was really sick, really sick. And, Mm. um, you know, I think I was just running. I was just running as much as I could away from myself, away from my feelings and punishing myself. Yes. Badly. Yes. So we both have that theme of, and I think it's really important. So, so much is coming up and out of this. I think it's so important if any parents are listening to this that have highly sensitive children. Yes. I say this because I'm a mom. I sit here with you a licensed therapist and having recovered from my own traumatic, highly sensitive childhood, and I have a highly sensitive child, and it's still very easy when he's highly sensitive, it's still very easy to react. Now, I know I notice it, of course, if I do react, I'm able to notice it and sit with him and allow him to express his feelings. And so I'm able to take a step back. For parents that don't have that training and they don't understand this, this could be their wake-up call. This could be them realizing, wow, I need to do things differently because I could be impacting my child the same way. I'm just thinking it's so interesting that both of us being highly sensitive children and being taught to suck it up, we both literally sucked it up Mm -hmm. in the form of punishing ourselves with food. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really common for children who are HSPs to yep. end up having some sort of self-destructive or addictive behavior when they're older, whether it's eating disorders like we had, or if it's, you know, alcohol or drugs, or yep. even if it's just perfectionism and control, because that really is the theme is we're just trying, we feel out of control. And so we're trying to do whatever we can to control. We're trying to control. And we're also trying to push the feelings down. We're trying yes. to numb. We're trying because- to numb out because it's not okay to feel we're taught. Exactly. We're we're taught that, but we're also not taught how to deal with those emotions. So it's it's just a you know you, it's like a double edged sword. It's like yeah, and I and and so you know I think it's imperative for parents of sensitive children um, to learn about their child's sensitivity, and because not only if they if they understand the sensitivity and then can parent in a way that is helpful, but also when you teach your child about their sensitivity, then the child becomes more empowered. And then it becomes, because what I've realized is that the, the moment that I started to truly appreciate and, and really honor my sensitivity and actually set my life up in a way that was loving for a sensitive person is when, I mean, I'm still obviously extremely sensitive, but I'm not quite as reactive as I used to be because now I'm, I'm owning my sensitivity. Whereas before I felt like it was just bulldozing me. Yes. Yes. Now when you own it and you accept it, it's then that we realize we don't have to always react to it, that we can use it as our strength 
instead of a weakness. Yeah. 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 And you, when you, um, you know, when you take care of, because as sensitive souls, we just have different needs than other people. We yes. just do. And, you know, sometimes it frustrates me. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I work two jobs. Like I'm a, there's a part of me that's very driven and very, and that I'm sure goes back to that perfectionistic part of myself, you know, which is a, I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. It is a daily practice to yeah. get over that. But, but so there's that part of me that's super driven, but then you know, you really have to remember that we need more quiet time. We need more downtime. Sometimes we need more sleep. That's just the way it is. It might yes. piss me off, but that's just the way it is. And when I give myself those things and when I really, I set myself up for success, yes. but when I try and push through and say, no, 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 no. I don't need this. I'm going to, you know, I have, I have stuff to do, blah, 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 is when I start getting more and more and more sensitive and not sensitive in the good way, but sensitive in the like reactive and anxious way. Yes. I completely understand that. And I am in the exact same way. It makes complete sense because as sensitive people, we need to take care of ourselves even more because we realized growing up that others weren't going to always take care of us in the way we needed. So it's very important for us to show up for ourselves so that we can show up for other people. And I am the exact same way, Amber. I need more sleep than the average person. (laughs) I need more time daily for self-care, for reflection, for meditation, um, exercise to move energy through me. I need to work on my energy more. My husband doesn't need that. He just doesn't. Um, so we have very different needs. And when I don't get those things is when my highly sensitiveness can become reactive again. Mm-hmm. It's, it can become reactive, especially when I'm tired. I find that I can be much more sensitive. Yes, just especially. So I think it's very important to have our own self-care. Absolutely. You know, it strikes me us sitting here talking, coming from highly sensitive children. There might be one or maybe even 20 people that listen to this that are still caught up in the cycle of punishment that have not yet learned to embrace their sensitivity that are still really struggling Um, I would love for you to talk and I'll reflect and maybe even talk about our turning point because we've talked about what being highly sensitive as a child, the self-punishing behaviors it led us to embrace. When was your turning point that you decided that there was a different or better way? Yeah. Yeah. So when when I finally got treatment for my eating disorder, part of healing from that and recovering from that was that I had to start learning how to love myself because I never truly had loved myself. And that was a journey. I mean, I think it's a lifelong journey, but especially in the beginning there. And part of learning to love myself was getting to know myself, which meant sitting down and being quiet and checking in with myself and, and, and really giving myself that intentional space to be with me and, and to not be doing, you know, to just be sitting, which was so hard. I literally, when I first started doing this, used to sit on my hands because I would feel like I had to be doing something. I had to be cleaning or I had to be, you know, just something. And so to let myself just be and let that be okay was really, really huge. And then as time went on and I started to develop this relationship with myself and this relationship with my inner guide, 
is when I started to recognize things about me that were actually kind of cool. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, because I had spent my whole life thinking of who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing and who I should be and you're not doing this good enough and you're not doing this good enough. But when I sat in a loving space with myself is when I was like, you know what? Like there's these parts of me that I've pushed down, but like the true self who I really am is actually kind of beautiful. And, yes. and I'm not saying that this is an easy place to get to. It's a, it's a journey. It is. But that was when I started to really tap into my true authentic energy. And then when I enrolled in coaching school because I had worked in advertising for years, which by the way is the worst place ever for a sensitive person. I'm curious to say, let's take a moment to honor that. Let's right? take a moment to honor that. Or how about me? For years I was a stockbroker. Talk oh. about highly sensitive person selling stocks. <laughs> People lose money at somebody you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yes, advertising. So let's honor that. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and I, you know, and again, that was kind of that was that pushing like what I what I should be doing and and you know work harder and it's a very cutthroat industry and um, so when I first enrolled in coaching school, there was a girl in my program and I specifically remember this moment and she said to me, she was like, man you are just like so sensitive. It's so beautiful. Like your sensitivity is amazing. And I, even though I had come so far on my self-love journey at that point, I still had a lot of shame around my sensitivity. I honestly did. I mean, I was starting to see the, the benefits of it, but that shame was so ingrained and nobody had ever said anything like that to me. And I cried. And, and in that moment I was like, wait a minute, you know, this is something that, that like this woman is seeing it and appreciating it. And as I went through my coaching program, I was like, I got that feedback quite a lot because it makes you like, there's so many benefits to it, but like you can connect with people on such a deep, deep level. And so, you know, people who are highly sensitive are, are such good healers and visionaries and creatives and, you know, humanitarians and just the ability to go so deep and to feel and sense the feelings of people around you. It really is such an amazing, amazing gift. And when I started to see how that made me a better friend and a better artist and, and a really good coach. And, you know, that's when I was like, Oh my God, like this, this is something really special. And I have, I have beat this thing to death my whole life. And here I am now finally realizing my purpose and my passion in life. And and my sensitivity is such a huge part of it. It is. I just want to sit and just honor that and just hold the space for how beautiful that is. Um, I get it. Like, on a soul level, I get it. I... um. I was even thinking this morning as I was preparing this, just how beautiful it is that I can say I have fully recognized and stepped into my purpose. And to be able to sit with you or with any client that I have and to cry with them, because they always say, I'm so sorry, I'm going to cry, you know, which is, 
it, it's funny, but it's an indication that they've been taught that they need to apologize for crying. Yeah. And it makes me sad, you know, but they will. They'll say, I'm so sorry. I need to warn you. I'm going to cry. And I, I get a sense sometimes that it's the first time ever in their entire life that they've had anyone embrace their tears and say, I want you to cry. This is a safe space. Like, I want you to cry. I want you to touch that part of yourself where the tears flow from because they're healing. And I might cry with you. Like, be you be prepared. <laughs> I am a therapist that may cry with you because I feel you that strongly. I feel you that strongly. And it's beautiful. It is so beautiful to be able to feel like that. And I grew so many years, as you did, thinking it was a curse or it was a weakness and wishing I wasn't like that. Wishing that I could just be tough woman you know I remember I had a moment too this is back when in my stockbroker days my dad god bless his heart he's always trying to help me but he gave me a book I have not thought of this in years uh but he gave me a book that said something about nice girls don't get corner offices (sighs) and the subtitle was like be a bitch get to the top something like that and so it was I mean, God bless you, Dad. I I know you won't listen to this because you don't even know how to check your email. But um, God bless him. But the underlying like passive aggressive message underneath that was don't be sensitive because you won't be successful. Don't be yourself. Turn hard. Be a bitch and rise to the top. And I remember in that moment, like at first I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, like, no. Like, this is not okay. And watch me. And something happened in that moment where I was like, I am going to be successful being myself, damn it. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be successful being myself. And this is like 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it was even before I went back to grad school and decided to become a counselor. But something clicked for me in that moment. There's a resilience in there. And I remember that that was part of my turning point was that touching that resilience. So I want to encourage anyone listening to find a way to touch your resilience. Yes. To find a way to tap into the part of you because it's there that says, no, this is not okay. I, I am going to be successful being myself because that is how I was made. Yes. That is how yes. it was made. Like looking back on our journeys, we both know now God made us to be highly sensitive and we were supposed to go through that journey. We were supposed to go through our eating disorders. We were supposed to go through our self-deprecating behaviors so that we could get to this moment right now where we are the voice speaking to others saying, it's okay, sweetheart. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be sensitive. We're going to hold you through it and we're going to help you move through it to where it doesn't rule you. Like my sensitivity is there, but it doesn't rule me anymore. I te- it's, it's interesting. And let's talk about this too, because I think this is important. We've somehow cultivated a way to be able to have our sensitivity always be present. And I'm relating it now also to energy. 
Uh It's always present and we're able to tap into it and open it up when we need to. But then we're also able to like put a cloak over it and close it off and shut it down in in the in the way of not reacting. Yes. Um I know that was kind of a crazy way to say that, but I know you know what I mean. And I'm I and I am thinking in terms of energy because even like when I'm in session, as I'm sure you do and are when I allow myself to open I allow my sensitivity to rise to the top I allow my empath nature to be right there and I am with that person in that trauma I am with them and then I am able to shut it down clear that and be okay whereas it took me a process of getting there it took me a process of getting there to where I wouldn't be in tears all day <laughs> or or I wouldn't allow that person's energy to then affect mine because you can be with someone and feel them without taking on that energy. How do you practice that in your own life? How have you learned to cultivate that strength to be able to use your superpower as a weapon but know when to pull it out and when to put it up? Yeah, yeah, this is so important. So it's, it's, I think I have several answers, because it's kind of, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's sort of a, it's a daily practice, right? Yes. So it's, it's not just one thing or the other. It's so, I think it's really important to have ritual and routine in your life. Um, because like I, I mentioned earlier about setting your life up in a way that is setting you up for success as a sensitive person, because when you are not giving yourself those things, you're in that reactive, anxious place, right? So I sort of see that as being open all the time but and being open with no boundaries and just kind of being like, uh, and you're like vibrating with everybody's energy and it's like up here and it's like, "Eh," you know, and, but when you are keeping yourself throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your year in, in a grounded, centered place, then as you're going through your day, you are more in control, right? So that's one thing that's really important. Another thing, and, you know, um, I love that you said about your clients being in session with you and that, you know, you suspected that it was the first time that anybody had allowed them to cry and honored their tears. And I think for us to honor our own feelings and honor our own tears, because especially as sensitive people, when we've pushed our emotions down over and over and over again over the years, if that is built up inside of you, those backed up emotions are still there because they need to be felt. Feelings are meant to be felt. (laughs) That is, that is, that is natural. You know, it's, it's, we have taught ourselves that it's not okay to feel, but it's natural to feel. There's a reason for feelings and what they need to move through you because when they through you is when you can release them. But when you have years of backed up feelings, you're sort of, your whole energy system is kind of clogged up. That's how I see it. Anyways, Mm -hmm. you're kind of, you're, you're blocked. You're not, you're not centered. You're not in touch with yourself. You're, you're, you know, I just, I just keep thinking of it. I just keep seeing it as like a clogged pipe. And so when you're in that space, you're also going to be reactive and, and anxious and you're, because you're running, you're still running from your feelings. Right. So another thing is to make space for you to feel your own feelings and to feel okay with that and to let your feelings move through you so that you are clear that you're a more clear channel. Yes. And then the third thing is 
when we make time to sit with ourselves, you know, whether that's in meditation or whether it's journaling or whether it's just sitting down and reading a book, but time to be by yourself and with yourself is when you start to really get in touch with what your energy feels like. Yeah. And that is crucial for sensitive people because when you understand your um like your own energy state when it's not been affected by anything else is when you can start to realize when you're picking up on other people's stuff. Yes, that is so important. It really is. Because otherwise we don't realize that we're taking on other people's stuff because we're not in touch with what our own base energy feeling is. Amen. Right? And so when you have made that time and you're super in tune and in touch with yourself – then you're coming from this empowered space of, okay, like I'm feeling these other things. And you can, in session, for example, you know, I will really intentionally, and and, and I want to remind everybody that's listening, your intentions are so powerful. Your thoughts and your mind are very, very powerful. So when I set the intention to sit down with a client and I connect with myself and I connect with my higher power and I say, you know, I want to open myself up right now to feel everything that this client is feeling and to make them feel seen and heard and hold this sacred space for them. And I am intentionally opening up my sensitive superpowers. And when the session is over and I'm off the line with the client or the client has left my office, then I set the intention, you know, I I bless them and I release them. And I ask that my own energy be removed you know, restored in me. Yeah. And so it's, it's, again, it's this ritual. It's, um, it's a really intentional practice. And as you start to do it, 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 you get stronger over time. It gets easier over time. It does. Right. It It just becomes part of who you are, just like the sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like brushing your teeth. You just know to do it. Exactly. So you mentioned sitting with yourself and allowing your feelings to move through you. What are your rituals? How do you honor your tears? How do you show up for yourself and allow your sensitivity to not be stuck? What are your specific, your rituals you talked about? Yeah. So, and, and again, this is, this is a journey for me too. (laughs) Of course it is for all of us. Yeah. But what I find to be the most helpful is I really need to set aside it, at least 15, 30 minutes a day to just be with myself yeah. um, in my room with the door shut, you know, so that I can really start feeling into what's going on inside of me. And sometimes I will put on, if I feel like I need to cry, sometimes I will purposely put on really sad music. <laughs> I, do, I do the <laughs> like, same thing. Make myself uh-huh. cry because it, then it moves through me, Yes, you know, and, um, and writing is also extremely helpful for me, especially if I'm feeling blocked, I will just free write and then things start to come out, yeah. you know, so sitting down and just journaling with no set, you know, oh, I'm going to write about this, just writing out, how do I feel right now? How was my day? What's going on with me? What's just blah and just letting it come out. It's my word vomit onto the page. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and um, and then meditation also to really clear my mind and to to clear my energy and to check in with you know my connection with the divine and all of these things for me help me to you know really feel what's come up that day yes. and and feel like I'm I'm clearing it out and and I'm I'm making I'm showing up for me. I love it. 
Absolutely. I, I agree. It's so important to honor these daily rituals for ourselves. Yeah. It's so important to put them priority. Yeah. It's, yeah. You said like brushing your teeth. Like brushing your teeth. And it, it leads me, I know I use this example a lot with clients, but it makes me think of when you're on an airplane and, you know, they're talking to you about if the plane is to go down and the oxygen mask come down, they implore you to put your own oxygen mask on first before you help anyone else. Yes. Because if we're not helping ourselves first, we don't have the capacity to help others. So it's so important for us to do our own daily rituals, have our own uh, our own space to cry and allow our sensitivity to move through us, to get grounded in our own um, energetic processes and whatever that may be, to do our own devotion, to connect to God and the universe in our own way so that then we can go help others. Absolutely. And teach them to do the same. Beautiful. Yes. So um, one last thing. If you have somebody listening right now that you just had a word of feedback or advice for them, say they're a highly sensitive individual and they're just not here yet. They're not here yet, but they want to just know what's one baby step I can take today to get started on embracing my highly sensitive nature. What would you recommend to them maybe as a number one priority step to begin? Yeah, um, that's, that's such a good question. I think, I think a really good like little baby step is that for one week at the end of every day to sit down and to write out how did my sensitivity show up in a good way today? How did I love it, it serve me today? Yes. How did my sensitivity serve me today? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Because then you will just start to notice the little things. And in the beginning, it might not be much because you're stifling it still. Exactly. But to start to put your attention and your awareness in that direction rather than how does this make me bad or how does this make me shameful or I hate this, but to start to, to change your thought pattern into how is this making me a better friend, artist, whatever, whatever, whatever? How is this serving me? How is it, you know, showing up in a good way in my life today? Absolutely. I love it. What a beautiful intention to share with others. Um, so that's a beautiful place for them to start. Yeah. So if somebody listening would like to get in touch with you, Amber, if they want to learn more about highly sensitives uh, or highly sensitive people using that as their superpower. If they want to learn more about you, about coaching with you, about getting in touch with you, can you tell them how to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you can find me online on my website, which is just amberrochelle.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Miss Amber Rochelle. It's just MS and then Amber Rochelle. And Instagram is also my handle is at Miss Amber Rochelle. I'm on there a lot. And then I have, this is my favorite thing ever. I have a Facebook group called the Super Sensitives, which I love, love, love. It is an amazing tribe of sensitive souls. And the whole point of the group is we're in there to empower each other and to talk about why our sensitivity is awesome. Yes. Um, I give away a ton of tips in there. That's where I post all of my video blogs. Um, so you can find that. I think you can just search Super Sensitives on 
on Facebook or it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash super sensitives. So please come request to join. I would love to hear any, you know, feedback or questions that anybody has. Um, I'm really responsive on social media. So reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. That's wonderful. And yes, if anybody has one step reach to, that they would like to take, get, get into Amber's group. It's really amazing. It is really amazing. You won't be sorry. Um, she posts such valuable tips and information, and her video blogs are just amazing as well. Thanks. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for being here today. I just adore you and love everything you stand for. I love you so much. Thank you, Heather. This was wonderful. Yes, it was, <laughs> and we'll, we will have to do it again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today for the Socialite Spotlight. As you've heard, Amber is just an amazing, sensitive socialite, and her soul is beautiful when it speaks. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you need me, if you have any comments, questions, um, I would love for you to either post them on the blog. You can get in touch with me through social media as well. Through Instagram, I am Heather Regan. Uh, my Facebook page, which is just Heather Regan, uh, and my website, which is www.iamheatherregan.com. And I would be so, so grateful if you would give a wonderful review here on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back very soon. Bye-bye.